The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. Recording this on Monday night, October 17th, the night before the night before the season opener for the Atlanta Hawks. I apologize for the hiatus. I was away in the great state of Louisiana at a wedding this weekend, so I was not able to give you the post-game reaction of Hawks Pels preseason finale in Birmingham, Alabama. But I am back now in one of the drop the biggest news that dropped. For the Hawks on Monday, which was that the Hawks locked up DeAndre Hunter right at the deadline as far as the deadline of giving people their rookie extensions. Today at 6 p.m. Eastern time was the last possible moment that a deal could be done before obviously not giving the extension and the players that did not get an extension will be restricted free agents this summer. The Hawks did not let it get to that point. They signed DeAndre Hunter to a four-year, $95 million deal, which was $15 million more than what Keldon Johnson of the Spurs got, who I've been talking about all offseason. Once he got his deal, and it's easy to compare the two. They played the same position. They came in the league at the same time. And Keldon Johnson has been more available and got his money first. And... I thought four years, 80 was the maximum that DeAndre Hunter would get going into the offseason. A lot of people thought maybe four years, 60, 65, uh, 55, depending on who you talk to. But the Hawks, four years, $95 million. And this is a great deal for DeAndre Hunter. And despite those who are pessimistic about DeAndre Hunter because of his lack of durability. This was a great deal for the Hawks too. Like I said, this season was going to be hinged on if he's durable, he's going to be on the court and be available. And if he plays, what type of production is he going to give us? Is he going to take that next step forward? And during the preseason, we saw a very aggressive, very confident, a healthy DeAndre Hunter who was executing at a high level. In the preseason, he was averaging... 14.5 points per game, shot 58% from the floor, 45.5% from three-point range, shot 79% from the free throw line, and averaged 3.5 rebounds per contest. A small sample size, just a three-game stretch. A lot of people can have solid or good three-game stretches, but it is still a great start, especially considering he was playing in an average of 21 minutes per game. So in 21 minutes, you're averaging almost 15 points per game and shooting north of 40% from the three. Those are good numbers. Those are really good numbers because barring injury, DeAndre Hunter is going to play probably about 28, 29, 30 minutes minimum a night. And depending on the situation behind him as far as depth, He's going to be playing north of 30 minutes a game. So you can imagine the production as far as if it translates from 
the smaller sample size to larger minutes in a greater sample size. But it's great that the Hawks locked up DeAndre Hunter. It's clear that he's a focal point in a very important fixture for this Hawks team going forward. And despite the lack of availability, and he looked bad in stretches last year, it's still a solid year. Averaged 13 points per game, three rebounds in just under 30 minutes a game. He played in 53 games last year and started in 52 of them. Shot 44% from the floor last year, thirty, just under 38% from three, which was a career high for him, and shot 76.5% from the free throw line. And if you look, remember that Miami first-round series, which a lot of Hawks fans would like to forget, who would not like to forget their performance in that series was DeAndre Hunter, who was arguably the best player for the Hawks in the first round of the playoffs last year. And easy, when you look at last year, especially the second half of the season, and then the playoffs, and now the preseason, we're, we're probably seeing the best basketball from DeAndre Hunter that we've seen uh, consistently since he's been in Atlanta. He's had his moments where... You know, he's had his outburst of points, and he's looked good. He's been hot from the floor, been a really good defender. And according to ESPN stats, last year when DeAndre Hunter matched up on defense 761 times against 2022 NBA All-Stars, those All-Stars had recorded an effective field goal percentage of 45.7%. I repeat, an effective field goal percentage of 45.7% when facing DeAndre Hunter, which was ranked top 10 among 57 players in the NBA to record 500-plus matchups with 2022 NBA All-Stars. So, in translation, he was really good on a defensive end, and it seems like the better the player in front of him, the more he stepped his game up on a defensive end, contesting shots, and altering shots to limit the effectiveness from the field for those he guarded, especially, like I said, all-stars from last year. That's a really telling stat. And if he can be consistent on the defensive end and be consistent on the offensive end, and consistency also goes back into being available, being durable this season, the money that we paid him would probably be you know, something that he would not want in the offseason, next next offseason, if he had a great year. If he had a great year, healthy, consistent, producing, improved defensively and offensively, continued that aggression that we were seeing in the preseason, that confidence continues to grow. Like I said, the numbers of what he would want would probably go up. He would probably command north of $100 million if he had a really good year, which all things are lining up. So it was smart for the Hawks to ensure that he's going to be here, lock him before that price jump for him. And DeAndre Hunter does not have to test the free agent market next offseason. We don't risk losing a really valuable and important piece to this Hawks team. So you lock down DeAndre Hunter for another four years, and the contract will take effect the 23-24 NBA season. So it was a great job for the Hawks. I didn't know. I didn't think it would get done personally. 
thinking maybe the Hawks need a little bit more time and maybe need to see a little bit more from him before extending him. So I thought the deal would not get done personally. I even tweeted out that it looks like the deal didn't get done. And then lo and behold, a Woj bomb came and saw that the deal was completed between DeAndre Hunter and the Atlanta Hawks. And I think if there was anything less, definitely this would carry over into next offseason. And certainly I think he's going to, I mean, this is a bargain deal. It really is. Um, three and D wings in the NBA who can defend and shoot the three ball north of 37% are at a premium this year. Eight wing defender that can guard multiple positions. He's young. He may not have the explosiveness, but he is still a very smart NBA basketball player. And that has, you know, been apparent from his time in Virginia. So is someone that the Hawks, so see a lot of value in, and we certainly do too, especially the flashes that we've seen from him. And again, if we can get him eight to 10 field goal attempts per game, I think he's going to have a really, really good year barring health. So that was the big news for the day of the Woj bomb that dropped right as the deadline occurred. And DeAndre Hunter will be a hawk for the foreseeable future, which will make a lot of fans happy. Some fans were not happy about the preseason finale versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Now the Hawks now have fallen to 2-2 two and two in the preseason with the regular season just two days away now as I'm recording this. They lost on Friday night in Birmingham where the New Orleans Pelicans uh, G League affiliate is housed at. They lost that game 122-111. The game saw a lot of ups and downs. The Hawks started off slow, being down by 16 points in the first quarter, and then they turned the clock to the second quarter where the Pelicans were outscored by your Atlanta Hawks 43-24 to in that second quarter, led by the Stars, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, who just went berserk in that quarter to take the lead going in the half. And then the Hawks sat their starters. Pels kept some of their starters in in the third quarter. And despite starters not playing on both sides, Capella did not play on Friday night for the Hawks. And on the other side, Zion Williamson did not play with an ankle issue on Friday night as well. But despite that, it was a very competitive contest between the two sides showed a lot of depth in youth in both organizations, which both organizations have a lot to be excited for, um, barring health and durability issues going forward. But it was a fun contest going back and forth to see a great evaluation period for the Atlanta Hawks. And even though they went out with a loss, it was still a really good preseason for the Atlanta Hawks. Looking at the stats from Friday night, the leading scorer was DeJounte Murray, who scored 18 points in 19 minutes, shot 7-10 from the floor and 2-4 from the three-point line, and he added five rebounds, one assist, and a block. And as I said, he really got it going in that second quarter. Trey Young, ice trader gang, was right behind him in points, scored 17 points in 19 minutes in the first half, shot 4-8 from the floor, three or five from three-point range, and added seven assists, but did have five turnovers. Usually early in the year, Trey Young's turnover numbers are a little bit higher than as he 
gets into the flow and continuity is built within the team. His turnover numbers do go down. So it's not that alarming, but certainly a stat that we would like to have fewer of in that department. Jalen Johnson had his best game as an Atlanta Hawk, in my opinion, uh, with a 14-point performance off the bench. He shot 6 of 11 from the floor and 2 of 6 from three-point line. Added nine rebounds, four assists, one block. He did have four turnovers in 31 minutes, but four turnovers in 31 minutes, not great. He's still young, still continuing to be more of an efficient player, which was something that he was challenged with last year. But certainly the 14 points and the nine rebounds and the block and the four assists are great numbers. And it's very telling that this is a kid that's going to get minutes this year. We're seeing what he can do. We see him working on that outside shot, rebounding at a high clip, scoring around the basket, getting others involved, playing defense. This kid seems like he's willing to do whatever it takes to help the team win and play winning basketball, which you love to see. And with his athleticism and his upside, I'm just glad that we're going to get an opportunity to see him on the floor playing meaningful NBA minutes and just really excited to see his development from game to game. So great to see Jalen Johnson after missing the first two games due to illness have two pretty, I mean, even though he started slow in that Cleveland game, first game of the preseason for him, whereas others had their third preseason contest, then it's good to see Jalen Johnson rebound from that performance versus Cleveland. A.J. Griffin, after I complimented him and said that he is the best shooter on this Hawks team right now, and I still stand by that, shooters have good nights and bad nights. He had a bad night on Friday night, only had four points, shot one of seven from the floor and one of five from three-point range. But all in all, really solid preseason for A.J. Griffin. I think he's going to command some minutes as well and stretches off the bench for this Hawks team, especially when scoring is needed off of the bench. Yeko Kongo got to start with Capella out with the thumb injury. Uh, he should be back for opening night, but Okongu got to start versus the Pelicans and scored six points and got five rebounds in 19 minutes. John Collins only played 15 minutes Friday night, only scored three points on four shots. Frank Kaminsky got extended playing time with Capella out, had seven points, four rebounds, and four, sorry, six rebounds and four assists. So solid numbers for Frank Kaminsky, a, a vet that will certainly get some minutes here or there, uh, especially when you need a stretch front court player involved in your game plan off the bench. Kaminsky can fit that role. There, Tyrese Martin, the other drafted rookie this year, the second round pick from UConn, had seven points on Friday night. Justin Holiday with eight points, and then Trent Forrest had 10 points as well. And this is a game more so to get players at the bottom of the roster, those who are battling for roster spots, battling for minutes, people who are certainly going to be getting extended G League time like Tyrese Martin, uh, Trent Forrest, 
Uh, even A.J. Griffin, who knows how we utilize him if they try to get him in College Park early on to continue to get him in rhythm before giving him more minutes for this Hawks team. Who knows? But that's what Friday was all about. Just an evaluation period uh, before the preseason ends and the regular season begins. I mean, I love the second quarter that the Hawks put together scoring 43 points, but that was in response to giving up 40 points in the first quarter to the Pelicans as well. So that Jekyll and Hyde, we got to work on that as far as getting stops, not letting people get on runs and get out to leads like that. I mean, we let Cleveland get off to a large lead in the first quarter, early second quarter, of just you know, last week, but then obviously the Hawks did respond and then end up taking the lead, you know, in the second half before Cleveland took that game. So maybe starting a little bit crisper is something to look at. I mean, small sample size is still preseason basketball, but certainly something that may need to be cleaned up. The difference in the game, as far as winning or losing against the Pelicans were, in my opinion, you know, free throws, you got to make your free throws. Uh, they were a lower free throw shooting percentage than the Pelicans that night. Offensive rebound, uh, Pelicans did really good on the offensive glass. Uh, we competed on the glass, but they won the offensive rebounding margin, which led to more, you know, second chance opportunities for them. So that's something that we have to continue to focus game in and game out. And then those second chance points, offensive rebound, points in the paint. Therefore, the Pelicans did have an advantage in that department. So all in all, Really good preseason. I'm going to give my thoughts on the preseason. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. Preseason is over. I want to give my big thoughts before we turn the page and look forward to regular season Hawks basketball. Again, Hawks Regular season basketball is only two days away. And when this is going to be released, it will only be one day away. So just an inch closer to tip off at the State Farm Arena against the Houston Rockets. But again, to reflect on the preseason, I think the Hawks are an improved team from last year. 
outside of just getting Murray and adding some players that are more defensive minded. And as well as I give credit to the healthy offseason, the Hawks were an improved team. I thought ball movement looked better and off ball movement looked better, which I attribute to the elevated role of Joe Prunty becoming the lead assistant for this Hawks team, maybe having more say in the offense and creating some new sets to get players the ball in their certain spots where they're most effective at. You know, utilizing Trey Young in the off-ball situation. Obviously, the pick and roll will always be there. But that's certainly something that we want to continue to see. The ball flying, multiple people touching it, getting their looks, getting their opportunities, getting them involved in the offense, and as well as using off-ball screens and movement to get players some cleaner looks, which we saw worked very well for the Cleveland Cavaliers last year in the playing game and as well as in the preseason game when we took them on. Uh, just almost a week ago. So certainly that's going to be a work in progress, but that's something that I saw in the preseason. We know who the Hawks rotational guys are at this point. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Capella will be your starters. Aaron Holiday is going to be the backup point guard. Bogey, when healthy, will be there at the two guard and have some you know playmaking responsibilities there. You know, Jalen Johnson will be the backup four. Justin Holiday will be the backup three. A.J. Griffin will get some clock as well. So a nine to ten man rotation is what I expect. And that's going to be based, you know, night in, night out. And we know how Naaman Miller likes to keep his rotations tight, not play a lot of young players. But I think Jalen Johnson certainly has earned minutes. And I think A.J. Griffin with his shooting is going to get him some minutes as well. Maybe not right off, but I think at some point in the year, his shooting will be needed for this Hawks team. I think staggering Trey Young and DeJounte Murray will be needed, especially early on with Bogey still out. Um, and from what Navy Millen said, he's not close to returning yet. So obviously get them on the floor to work on continuity and spacing when they're on the floor together, but staggering them with the bench to have at least one primary facilitator and score uh, while, you know, the Jalen Johnsons, the A.J. Greens, Justin Holliday's, um, any any of those players can play alongside Aaron Holiday. I prefer Murray next to Holiday because obviously, you know, that's a really small backcourt with Aaron Holiday and Trey Young. But we've seen it in the preseason. I just don't know how much we're going to see that lineup or that backcourt uh, this year. Certainly will have their moments, but I digress there. And I do want to mention, you know, Bogey has been linked to reports of the Atlanta Hawks flirting with the Phoenix Suns, talking about an exchange where Jay Crowder would come back home to the Atlanta area. The um, veteran, um, I forgot how many years Jay Crowder has been in the league. He's been in the league for a lot of years, but the Villarica native certainly said he is interested in either coming to the Atlanta Hawks, Miami Heat, or other semi-contenders in the Eastern Conference, but I personally would not take that trade because I really like Bogey, especially because Bogey's going to be a pivotal part of our offense, especially coming off the bench and helping spell DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, and as well as potentially playing alongside them, having another scorer who can get his own shot. But back to focusing on the Trey 
Murray dynamic, it will be a work in progress. And I foresee it probably taking another 10 to 15 games to iron that out. And it's going to be trial by fire, learn on the job, continuing to learn where the other is going to be on the court when they are on the court together. The different spots. We know DeJounte Murray loves that mid-range, which that's something I learned. He is lethal in the mid-range. Lethal. And if you're going to run pick and roll with him and you're the opposing team and you're not going to, you know, stay on Murray when he has an opportunity, if he doesn't, obviously, you know, dish dish it to the roll, man. If you're not going to guard him in the mid-range, he's going to torch you there. And we've seen that in a short sample size. So we know that. We know Trey Young can score all over. Um, we know Murray can get into the cup. We know he can, you know, be physical, get to the free uh, free throw line if he wants to. So it's going to take time to work out that dynamic, but that's certainly a very exciting backcourt. And I can't wait for that to continue to take shape as the year goes on. We knew Hunter would be important to this Hawks team going into the season, and this was a proven year. He's got his money now. So hopefully he plays not carefree, but he can just go out and just focus on playing. Now that he's got his money and he knows where he's going to be for the foreseeable future, he just goes out and just continues to take the next step. Uh, the play in the preseason has shown me he's ready to take that next step offensively, defensively, being more mature, being more aggressive, you know, really working, you know, getting into the mid-range, getting into the paint as well. And picking and chooses moments to cut to make it easy or for the ball handlers who are initiating the offense to, you know, make yourself available for the pass so you can finish at the rim. I really liked what I saw from DeAndre Hunter in the preseason. Hope he continues to emulate that in the regular season as well. I think Clint Capella will be a force in the defensive end. I really liked what I saw from him in that Cleveland game before he went out with that right thumb strain. Glad it's just a minor injury. He will be back for tip-off on Wednesday versus Houston, his former team, which I know he'll be excited about that. And that will be a game where I think he has a real good chance to dominate that center that they have for Houston, which we'll talk about a little bit later, pre previewing that matchup. I'm going to say this again because I had somebody on Twitter challenge me on this point. It's not an overreaction. A.J. Griffin is the best shooter on this team. Now, the person wanted to challenge my point as far as saying, well, Trey Young is the best shooter on the team. I disagree because Trey Young is the best scorer on his team. That's a fact. Like, he's the best scorer on his team. But as far as just being a pure shooter, being effective and efficient as a shooter, A.J. Griffin is going to be better in that department. That's just his game. We've seen it. He can get hot. He can create his own shot. He is going to be the best shooter on his team when it, when it's all said and done. I mean, he's still a rookie. That's high praise, maybe high pressure put on him. I mean, if you are listening to this program, I think really highly of you of A.J. Griffin. I'm not trying to put added pressure or stress on you, but with your shooting motion, your fluidity of that shot in the – NBA pedigree that you possess, and he's just a smart basketball player. He knows when to pick and choose his moments, and his teammates trust him to shoot that shot, which tells you and lends, you know, to fans to show you that they trust this man as a shooter. 
and that's his role. So, again, he's going to be the best shooter on this team. We're going to need him, and certainly he's going to need his touches to get in rhythm, and he'll have that off the bench. Tyrese Martin is a very solid pickup, it looks like right now. As a second-round draftee, I think he'll get a lot of minutes in College Park, and his development will be something that we will monitor this year. Uh, I think he's a really solid player. I like his frame. I like how aggressive he is, how physical he is. He could be utilized at some point in a player that I think we need to hold on to, unlike Skylar Mays, who now got picked up by the 76ers. I really hope we can keep Tyrese Martin because I really like what I see from him. And I think he could be a really solid defender in this league for years to come. This is the how many touches John Collins needs segment right here. Last year, I always said the magic number is 12 to 13 shots a game with Murray added. And I think the ascension of DeAndre Hunter. I'm not saying that DeAndre Hunter and John Collins are on the same level. I think John Collins is still a better player than DeAndre Hunter. But I think they should be able to get the same amount of shots. I think John Collins and DeAndre Hunter needs to get 8 to 10 shots a game, in my opinion, as long as John Collins is on this team. I think his future is still unforeseen at this point. I think he'll still be shopped around, and teams are certainly still interested in him. But as long as he's on the team, get him 8 to 10 shots because we know how effective he can be. We've seen in the preseason when he gets his 10 shots, he's usually north of 50% from the floor. He can hit a three or two. We know he can stretch the floor there. And if he's giving you 15 minutes a game, I mean, sorry, 15 points per game, that's a really good team. Really good team. I like 15 points and get you about seven rebounds a game. He's certainly better than that, but with how this team is constructed, we'll take what we can get. Eight to ten shots is the sweet spot for John Collins this year. Again, Jalen Johnson is going to play. I love how he rebounds. He That was, you know, for certain in the first two games. I mean, he had, I want to say, n- not 11 rebounds in the first game and then nine rebounds in the second preseason game that he played in. So when you're averaging 10 rebounds a game in two games, you're a really good rebounder. You're a really good rebounder. That's going to be needed, especially you do when you're coming off the bench and you're with a smaller front court with Okongwu back there, you're going to need someone else to compete on the glass with Okongwu. So Jalen Johnson is going to be really instrumental there. He's improving his three-point shot and showing that he has an outside shot that he's been working on. So continue to obviously give him looks there to get him rhythm and get him comfortable behind the three-point arc. And as well as the mid-range, obviously the kick can shoot. He can pass. So it'll be really interesting off the bench. He's going to be the backup four behind John Collins at this point. He's going to get first dibs at that spot. So I'm really excited to see how he progresses through the regular season. And I think Aaron Holiday is going to be a really solid backup point guard for this Hawks team. I like what he brings defensively, the continuity as far as with Nate McMillan, knowing what he wants and what he expects from the guard position, obviously with his time in Indiana. So I'm really excited to have him on board. But preseason's over, and as I said, Hawks regular season basketball is finally back. The Hawks will open the season on Wednesday, and ironically, they're going to start the season off with a three-game homestand, starting with the Houston Rockets Wednesday night, 
7.30 p.m. at the State Farm Arena downtown in ATL. The Hawks lost last year at home to the Rockets, and it was one of their most disappointing losses last year. I vividly remember that one. I vividly remember that one. Hawks had a double-digit lead in the third quarter, and the Rockets just chipped away, chipped away, and ended up taking a lead and almost winning the game by double digits. So, and, and it was, that was arguably one of the lowest points of the Hawks' season last year. There was just a lot of just poor defense, not a lot of connectivity. I don't think the team was really seeing eye to eye, and it was certainly a trap game last year. They're going to have the Hawks' undivided attention. Obviously, the Hawks want to get off to a fast start. This is a different Hawks team from last year that this Rockets team saw. But, again, the Hawks are running into a, a dangerous team. I think any team with a bunch of young guys who are looking to prove themselves in the NBA is a dangerous team because certainly they want to play hard. They're going to play hard. They're young. They have a lot of energy. And, you know, they want to make a name for themselves in this league. So, Certainly is not a cakewalk, but it's a winnable game for the Atlanta Hawks. The Rockets are going to play hard. Um, and But certainly, like I said, the Hawks are going to be favored in this game. They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at this point right now. The Rockets had a really good preseason. They were 3-1. and one. They have a lot of young, exciting talent, including Jalen Green, who was extremely talented as a scorer. You know, they have their first-round draft pick from this year, number three overall from Auburn, Jabari Smith. He'll make his regular season debut against the Hawks, not too far from his alma mater. Well, didn't graduate, but where he played his collegiate basketball at down the road, down I-85 in Auburn, Alabama. Kevin Porter Jr., who just got paid as well. Um, you have Alperon Shingun, the big man from overseas, who I think Capella's going to have a very favorable matchup against him. He likes to you know, shoot the three ball and as well. But I think I'll take Clint Capella in that matchup. And there, all these young players are led by the veteran Eric Gordon, who certainly had a really good game against the Atlanta Hawks last year here in Atlanta. I want to say he scored north of 30 points against us. And his shooting is invaluable. And this team as a whole can shoot the ball. So what's going to be imperative for the season opener for the Hawks is that when the Rockets come to town, you have to guard the three ball. Have to guard the three ball. Keep these young players in front of you defensively and contest shots when it's called for. And it's called for every possession. Contest every shot, in my opinion. And as well as it's going to be really important to limit our turnovers because we don't want this young team running up and down the court. They want to play fast. They want to get out in transition. And if we're, you know, doing self-inflicted wounds and, you know, turning the ball over, they're going to be in transition and they're fast, they're young, athletic. Our transition defense is not great and it's going to give them a lot of easy baskets. So we're going to have to limit turnovers if we want to get to a 1-0 start and win the first game, protect home court, protect State Farm Arena, which we're going to have to do the entire year. We have to win the winnable games. We have to win at home and it starts on Wednesday night. The Rockets are a team that is worse defensively than the Atlanta Hawks, which is hard to imagine. They're a bad defensive team. So 
ball movement and off ball movement for the Hawks, which that we started to see that in the preseason, they need to continue to build upon. They're going to have to bring that into the season opener, help you know, get help themselves and get that bad defensive team in bad spots out of position and help us get some easy baskets. And as well as defensively, we need to force turnovers. This is a team that averaged 31 turnovers a game last year. They're a young team. They're going to try to force some things that may not be there. And lack of experience is going to lend to a lot of turnovers. Young teams are going to turn the ball over a lot. It's just experience, with experience, they're going to get better at that. They have a year under their belt, but they're still young. So we need to continue to force the issue pressure them on a defensive end, especially at the point of attack. That's why you got DeJounte Murray. That's why you add Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday. You have Capella. You have people who can guard multiple positions and DeAndre Hunter, Onyeka Kongu, and Jalen Johnson when he gets his minutes as well. So force the issue, cause turnovers, give the Hawks some easy baskets, and that will help, you know, potentially put this game away early. And to learn from their mistake from last year, the Hawks must finish. Must finish. They cannot let off the gas. If they get off to a double-digit lead, maintain that double-digit lead. Basketball is a game of runs. You know they're going to have 8-0 runs, 9-0 runs there, 7-0 runs. We have to answer, and we have to get stops. That's what it comes down to, to hopefully win the game, and win the game convincingly and start off the season on the right note. That's a very athletic team in Houston. They're young, as I mentioned. They're very athletic on the wing. So DeShante Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Onyeka Kongu, Jalen Johnson, Justin Holiday, and Clint Capella anchoring the paint. They're all going to have their hands full with this really, really athletic group of wings that they're going to have to go against. And they're going to have to get in front of them when they drive in the lane. You know, contest shots at the rim, make them low percentage shots. And if they can do that, they're going to win this game. It's a winnable game, but they have to execute. That's what it's going to have to come down to. Hawks preseason certainly was not a cakewalk. They took on three playoff teams from last year. I mean, essentially playoff teams, even though the Cavaliers did not get into the playoffs. They were a playing team. So I'm going to say three playoff teams from last year. So, yeah, some challenging contests. Three teams. You have one team that won a championship recently and two teams on the ascend with you as an Atlanta Hawks franchise that people are looking to to take the next step getting Murray. So when you start the year off with the Rockets, the Magic, and a Hornets team that definitely took a step backwards, this could help the Hawks really get off to a fast start. All those games are at home. If you can get to a 3-0 start before the schedule gets tougher, that is certainly going to help things on the back end for the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm just really excited to talk about Hawks regular season basketball. I can't wait to break down the game Wednesday night. Again, 7.30 tip-off in State Farm Arena. Hawks basketball is back. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give it a great review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Regular season is here, so... Why not put them onto the best podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks around? Yeah, I said it, the best podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks around. I'm not bashful. I'm not being cocky. I just know that we put out good content. We give you great things to think about, talk about, great discussion points, and what to look for night in, night out. And 
typically, if the Hawks do the things that I say, they win. But a lot of it is just what NBA teams need to do and win to win games in general. But but that being said, I love the support. I love that you guys tune in regularly. So why not tell more people about this program? So that's my challenge to you. Tell five people about this program and have them listen to a few episodes and have them write a great review and they tell them to share and let's continue to grow this program as this this is entering my third season covering the Hawks team. Year three, we're taking off this year. We're going to take off. So, again, share with Hawks fans, NBA basketball fans, Georgia sports fans. You know the drill. And then follow us on Twitter at EthosHawks on Twitter. That's at EthosHawks on Twitter. And then follow myself, Brad Jarrett 67 on Twitter. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. We'll catch you guys after the first game of the 2022-23 Hawks NBA season, which will take place again on Wednesday. We're going to catch you guys then. Go Hawks, and we will see you guys next time.